God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, there's um, a lot of interesting little things going on. Peter Ducey asked Joe Biden yesterday about the southern border, and he gave such a cockamamie response to the question about Title 42. He didn't say Title 42, but that's what he was talking about. And in fact, we played a Title 42 clip uh, from Maria Bartiroma's show on Sunday where uh, they were talking, uh, uh, Stephen Miller was talking about Title 42. How if you, uh, during the pandemic, if you... uh, are not vaccinated or you're not wearing a mask or if you're testing positive, you're immediately returned. And he also said that, you know, even if they decided to test uh, the super spreaders that are coming across the border, we're calling it the Biden virus, by the way. That's what we're going to call it, the Biden virus, because any virus that comes through the southern border is... It has uh, the blood of Biden on his hands. Biden's going to have blood on his hands for that. And there's no way, two ways to to shake that. And I wrote a a tweet yesterday, and and I posted on Facebook. And it was kind of, um, you know, thinking about the Native American Indians, you know. uh, Native American Indians, the, the biggest loss of life for Native American Indians was that we weren't immune to uh, Europeans that were coming through our borders unwanted. So we had these Native American Indians that basically were uninvited, (laughs) to say the least, right? They were uninvited, and they just came through the border. And... They came through the border and they gave us a whole bunch of viruses that we were not immune to. Here's the tweet. I said, Native Americans, biggest loss of life. 
came from a lack of immunity to viruses brought in by uninvited migrants. What will happen to Americans with illegal migrants spreading the Biden virus throughout America? Do they have any concern or care? No, they want power and votes. And they'll rig elections and they'll cheat, lie, cheat, and steal to do it. I was just reading this little uh, excerpt, a cute excerpt. They said uh, the reason why they want to take the Ten Commandments down is uh, uh, from the uh, walls of the courts is because you have politicians and lawyers who, who uh, don't want to be reminded about thou shall not steal, thou shall not cheat, thou shall not lie. <laughs> because that's all that the politicians in, in D.C. do. So Biden was asked that question. He can't explain this open border, but he, you know, the loophole is, and if you listen to Stephen Miller, you know, the loophole is that they're trying to say, well, families, well, the families are being exploited by the drug cartels and the coyotes. And that is of great concern. It's an inhumane for children to be exploited in this way, but they're exploiting children. I mean, just look at uh, just look at uh, Andrew Cuomo, right? Now, Andrew Cuomo uh, was basically saying he didn't do it, uh, and there was a time when he was. Uh, let's see. Let's take a listen to this real quick. Now, this was um, this was him bashing Trump. Okay, it's sort of like Harvey Weinstein, right? He's signing off on movies about. Women's rights, right? But this is Andrew Cuomo. Listen. Let's see. So we're going to take a listen to this. And again, it's the hypocrisy of the left that we're talking about right now. We stop victimizing women, stop excluding women, stop minimizing women, stop objectifying women, stop and stop discriminating against women. New York is going to be the alternative state to Trump's America. He's going that way, and we're going this way. What a buffoon, man. I mean, he's totally lying. And now even Biden, creepy Joe Biden, the one that touches all these little girls. I mean, someone really needs to look into Joe Biden as a predator. I mean... It's no secret that it's written down. It's written down by his own daughter that they took showers together. And it was creepy. It was creeping her out. The daughter was. The daughter who was hooked up on drugs, just like the brother, Hunter. And Hunter even went with the other brother, Bo, who died of cancer and slept with Bo's widow. I mean... For crying out loud, what kind of people are these people? I don't even recognize that kind of behavior. Except for it's psychotic. You'd have to be a sociopath to be hooked up in that kind of mindset. The guy lied about his transcripts in his college. Said he was top of his class. He was near the bottom of his class. He lied about being a professor at Penn. And we know what happened at the Biden Center at the Penn University, a big sellout university, an Ivy League university, a big sellout. 
I know so many loser liberals that work there. And they're just, you should see the infighting. I mean, I have good friends that work at Penn. And you should see the kind of cosmetics and gimmicks and backstabbing that goes on behind the closed doors. And I get these stories from people that work there all the time. And it's a very arrogant, very tight, uh, netted uh, type of infrastructure where image is everything. And they protect the image because the image is something they didn't build. They didn't build that. I would imagine William Penn built that school. William Penn was like the founder of Philadelphia. You know, it's it's, it's interesting too. This is a little side tidbit. But Philadelphia, a lot of people don't understand, don't realize how close we are to our roots. It's a fascinating subject for me. Um, but when someone says Nike, they're actually talking about the Latin root of victory. So Nike as a brand, a brand I never ever will buy from again. And I haven't bought from them in I'd say at least seven years. I will not buy a Nike product whatsoever. And I don't do it because I, I think I'm going to change the world. I'm not. My little purchase is not going to do anything. But it makes me feel good. And if everybody would do what makes them feel good, we'd have more babies. No, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that one. But we would have... Uh, yeah. And Bill Gates wouldn't like you for that because you'd be growing your population, right? <laughs> no, we actually do need to embrace our family core values and stop embracing this nonsense of this sexual persuasion of homosexuality and transvestites. Europe... The reason why they're importing refugees is because they don't have a population that's growing. And from what I hear, Elon Musk and a couple of others, unlike um, unlike Bill Gates, who thinks the population is going to be too big, unlike Jane Goodall, who thinks the population is going to be too big, uh, people like Elon Musk and some other scientists that he's associated with uh, or or think like him, Think that the popular oh Jack Ma that's who it was. <clears throat> it was Jack Ma and it was Elon Musk that said there's going to be a population shortage at some point. I don't know. Um, I was listening to some expose on that. And they believe that in Europe because they've secularized society and they've installed socialism and, and bigger government. They've made government out to be God, and they've pretty much did the best they could in wiping out religion. And the family core value, people aren't getting married. People aren't having functional families nearly as much. I mean, they are. Of course they are, but not nearly as much. And so we're led by these um, people that don't have great ethics, great morals, great awareness, uh, great uh, empathy, and that concerns me because I think that empathy is so important. But what we have to do is get back to um, get back to our roots. I think that's what MAGA was all about. Make America Great Again was all about is getting back to 
uh, our core values. It's not a smartphone. It's not these materialistic uh, things. And uh, oh, I, yeah, I kind of forgot what my law, uh, my side. Uh, oh, Latin roots. <laughs> okay, that's a, that's what it was. I got lost in a tangent there for a moment. But Nike means victory, right? And Philadelphia, Philadelphia has a Latin root. Did you know that? It means to love brotherly. What's the slogan? The city of brotherly love. And Philadelphia, if you look up the Greek Latin Latin, root, phila means love, and delphi means brotherly. Love, brotherly, city of brotherly love. And you ever hear that other brand called Asics? It's a running shoe. They also make great wrestling shoes. Well, speaking of wrestling, right? Um, Mensa Stock. Uh, Tamara Mensa Stock. Get to know that name. She embraced America while someone like uh, Rapinoe, the soccer girl with the purple hair that uh, takes a knee for the flag, lost to Canada. For the first time in 20 years, they've lost to Canada. They're out of the Olympics. They couldn't win a game to save their life. Maybe because they're too focused on wokeness. How about that girl that um, uh, turned her back on the flag and she was like a javelin thrower or discus thrower or shot put or whatever it was? Um, I forgot her name already, right? Who cares, right? She's a loser. She doesn't represent her country. She doesn't respect her country. And why would you want to fight for your country? You know, I think that when you are fighting for something bigger than yourself, you actually, it gives you inner strength. Just like a beautiful crowd does, which the uh, Tokyo Olympics are crowdless. Just like all these other things, the impact of people, motivating people, inspiring people. It's the reason why people listen to this show because they want to be inspired or they want to learn or they want to hear, they want to um, interact, exchange, whatever it is. Um, People need people in this world. But she took next to last that that woman we're talking about. She took uh, 11th out of 12 competitors. So... Maybe spend more time, you know, working your craft and less time, less time uh, hating your country. And maybe you'll do better. And so Tamara Mensah Stock, first black woman to win a gold medal in women's wrestling, uh, did it. And I'm telling you, man, she, I followed her career. Um, Yeah, as you know, I'm big into wrestling. Big follower of her. She's a really beautiful person. But most of the wrestlers are. If you were to have an interview with all of these wrestlers, and just look at the guy that's on the NBC that's one of the um, expert commentators for the Olympic wrestling is Jordan Burroughs. And he's doing such a fantastic job on that uh, as as an anchor. Uh, I was so impressed by him. Um, but uh, we have a lot of um, gold yet still to win for our wrestlers uh, who are doing a great job. 
and I commend them. It's such a hard sport, and uh, Ameri- and they're representing America with patriotism, with gratitude, uh, with Christian values, um, which is not you know is is something that we uh, can't forget. Um, but they all thank God, and they all have sort of a common denominator as to why it is that they are such great individuals. Um, and I think we need to get back in touch with that. It's not, uh, we can't look up and we can't see a mentor like um, Andrew Cuomo, or we can't see a mentor like Bill Clinton. We can't find mentorship in anything. You know, um, Monica Lewinsky tried to uh, look for a mentor, and she got spit all over uh, by Bill Clinton. You know, these liberals are just nasty people. Someone wants a break in Hollywood, they have to go on the casting couch for Harvey Weinstein. His best friend, someone like Hillary Clinton. It's absolutely absurd that we're following the wrong people in this country and that Democrats are, are, are to blame. But let's get back to that Latin root of ASICS. Asano incorporus sano. Okay, that's the acronym. It's Latin for a sound mind and a sound body is how it translates into English. But if you were to do a sound mind and a sound body, it wouldn't be the acronym, ASICS. Asano in corpa sano. Something like that. Um, that's Latin. Uh, that's the, So ASICS is a Latin abbreviation for an English phrase, a sound mind and a sound body. A lot of people don't know that stuff. We're surrounded by our culture. Which is actually, you know, one of my complaints about the Native American Indians being erased from that culture. I, uh, you know, what are they going to do? Be offended by uh, ASICs? Uh, we shouldn't be using that Latin phrase. Let's erase it. Uh, ASICs, you got to change your name. You should be offended by using that name. Nike, change your name. It's sort of crazy. You know, the Washington Redskins. Now it's the Cleveland Guardians, right? It used to be the Cleveland Indians, you know. 20 years later, all these teams with all their marketing and branding awareness and the jerseys that are being sold and the emblems on the 50-yard line and in the baseball dugouts and and all the references to Native American Indians being great warriors gone. Because a liberal told me so. A liberal told this Native American Indian that I should be offended. And I'm like, dude, do you know how many billions of dollars in marketing you've just wasted on preserving our history and legacy and memory? Are you crazy? Get out of my office, is what I would say to them. If I had, you know, like an office and they were in it and, you know, the whole thing. But I'm sick and tired of them telling me what's right for me. Because they never think about the unintended consequence of how much damage they're doing to this country. And I'm telling you, it's got getting kind of old, really. It really is. So I got a couple of other things I want to, um, well, there's a lot, actually, that we want to get into. I got an article lined up to read, to read and not just read, I mean comment on uh, the social credit security state. And then also PJ Media came out with something that says, uh, coming soon, a no-buy list for conservatives and other hate groups. We're going to get into that. 
But before we do, I want to talk a little bit about um, COVID because COVID is the precursor to the social credit score. And COVID is the precursor to the vaccine passport. You know, we all have heard about New York, um, New York City, where it's harder to get into a restaurant today than it is to cross the southern border and break the law and carry COVID with me or any other disease, leprosy, tuberculosis, you name it. I'll bring it across the southern border when I violate your law, don't speak your language, and don't really give too too much care about it. I don't care. I'm just going to go and try to make some money. I'm going to take a job away from an American taxpaying citizen because you know why? I'll work cheaper. That's just so wrong on so many levels, right? It's absolutely wrong. But they're doing it. It's easier for them to do that than to actually walk into a restaurant, a paying customer, and sit down and have and break bread with your friend. What's next? Do I need a license to walk out my door? I need a license to drive, don't I? I need a license to drive a car. Am I going to soon need a license to walk out of my door? Am I going to get stopped and pulled over? Do you have your papers? Let's see the license that you you know you have to walk out your door. Everything seems to be look uh, looking uh, in perfect order, Mr. Adams, except you don't have a vaccine. So get back in your door. You don't have a vaccine. You're not wearing a mask. Not only are we going to give you a $500 fine for violating our laws, but you're going to have to go back inside until you get yourself a mask. And here's your court date. Wow, that's crazy. The court date is just to try to suggest that we still have a constitution left. <laughs> but the judge has already made up his mind before you he even knows your name. Because it's just on a cookie cutter cheat sheet. And those are the types of things we're facing. And if you don't think that's real, if you think that's fantasy land, like this conversation that I'm having with you right now is a conversation I never dreamed would ever, ever happen five years ago. As a talk show host, never dreamed would I be talking about the idea or concept that I would be living like something in Eastern Europe, worried about my, you know, Worried about getting thrown in prison for God knows what. Because I didn't have my papers. This vaccine passport thing. And I think that the White House is lying when they say they got 70%. But what they're trying to do is sell it to the corporations. Because the corporations are going to do their dirty work for them. The corporations are going to do their dirty work. And I'm not even so sure what the heck is going on with this COVID. They can't even test if it's a variant, uh, a Delta variant. They can't even test it. They can't test it. They don't know. They can't decipher whether it's a COVID or it's a flu. They really don't have the technology to do that. Unless they take it under a microscope, but they don't have tests. 
They could determine through a microscope and look at the spikes and all this, that, and the other. But they cannot, just through rapid testing or whatever, meaningful tests, tell you the difference between COVID and a flu. COVID and Delta COVID. COVID and COVID-21. COVID and uh, Epsilon. There's another one, a California variant. There's going to be tons of variants. So what are you telling me? He came out with a vaccine that doesn't uh, work well with variants? Knowing full well that every time a virus comes out of a person, it's mutated into something different than what it was before it actually landed in your nose, nostril, lung, whatever. And with a 99% survival rate, and if, if we were allowed as people to choose and have freedom, we would have actually probably been less likely to die of COVID because of the use of hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. For a dollar a day, you could save your life through ivermectin alone. But see, the problem is those items are not in patent. Now, Eli Willie made ivermectin. It's been long out of patent. So Fauci banned ivermectin and allowed Eli, uh, Eli Lilly some time to actually make a new drug that's in patent. And the drug makeup is almost identical to ivermectin. And so therefore, and this was on um, Maria Bartiroma a few weeks ago. I played a clip. We talked about it. I just read a report preparing for this show. Uh, and it's true that um, Eli Lilly uh, is now selling that pill for over $1,200 a piece. And it's no different than what they've already invented. They're just repatenting it. And, and Fauci is going to endorse that one. Because there's money to be made for his cronies in the pharmaceutical industry. What a sweet job, right? You're the gatekeeper. You're the gatekeeper to all the business. Everything. You know, it's like you're the gatekeeper. So what are you going to do to make me sign off on this release or sign off on this funding or sign off on this research and development? What do I get out of it? Said Anthony Fauci. And he didn't care whether people died or lived. He doesn't care. I think that little New York mobster attitude he has with that little man syndrome he's got going on. He's gotten too big for his bridges. Can't throw a baseball to save his life, that's for sure. But this guy is, I think, a sociopath. I think, I think Dr. Fauci has sociopathic tendencies. He's got that megalomania uh, type of thing going on. Megalomania is when you allow this fame and fortune to go to your head, this feeling of power and invincibility. He's five foot, five foot what, one? Pipsqueak. He's never, um, he's never been tested or questioned because he's always been a bully. He's been doing this job for 50 years. Why would he ever leave? And, you know, he's a doctor, right? So he's civil service. Shouldn't be making that much money. He should be servicing his country. No, he's not doing that. He's getting rich. 
making patents. He's getting basically the equivalent of insider trading uh, information on every single stock he deals with. It's a guarantee that he is going to make money on a stock because he knows which ones have the patent and which ones don't. It's a no-lose situation. When Pfizer comes out and makes a report that I'm going to make $33.5 billion in gross revenue for 2021, and we're going to double down and have even a better year in 2022 when we have the boosters because our vaccines didn't work as we had sold them or told you they would. But it's even more concerning because right now they're trying to get everybody a vaccine passport. They're trying to instill fear. They're trying to rig the 2022 election. We know all of this is going on. They're, they got the open borders and they got potential illegal voters flooding in. And again, I said, those voters, those people, they don't even have to vote. All they need is an ID. They're going to get an ankle bracelet or an iPhone or some smartphone. Why not give them an ID? Then you could turn that ID into a registration through the registration farms that they had going on using the online registration systems. It was complete and utter fraud. It's how the registration spiked like they did. And a normal person couldn't even figure out how to do those registrations. It was harder than just showing up at the, at the office and getting a registration in person. It was harder because I tested it because I was on to it. And I actually thought this is a, this is a scheme. They got, they got macros that are doing this automatically. You could actually make macros that go through every step by step by step. Or they got a whole telecommunication farm in India that's just all day, all night, all day, all night registering from lists databases of people that they have that aren't eligible to vote that are going to get registered based on the honor system and it doesn't they don't even know that they're registered they don't have an address they're not going to get a piece of mail the address is probably fake if they even put an address in you know and there is all kinds of evidence of all these things we're talking about donald duck street you know whatever it was all kinds of stuff like that I mean, there is actually proof to back up everything I just said. It sounds so weird, but it's true. Truth is stranger than fiction. And they're going to convert those registrations into ballots. They're going to create the ballot. They're going to act like they sent it out. Then they're going to act like they received it. And then they're going to basically count it as a vote for whatever candidate they want to win. And that's what they did in the 2020 election. You know, the top story right now over at the Gateway Pundit is Code Monkey's bombshell. Dominion Whistleblower speaks out, releases admin password proving remote access. Now, I read that report. Um, That report includes um, information to reset a BIOS. And every computer has like a BIOS, a basic input-output system. Um, and you could turn switches on and off. You could turn your USB to your computer off. You could turn your networking card off. You could turn your networking card on. 
Um, and, you know, with laptops, they have an internal Wi-Fi and they have an internal network card. And you could turn those off in the BIOS. It's when you boot up your computer from the very beginning and there's this DOS, like, uh, you know, non-graphical interface. And you press F2 and you can get into your BIOS. And then you can turn certain things on and off. So I think they're they're making a lot more to do out of that particular bombshell because the Dominion systems were based on a computer-based, Windows-based system using Windows-based software. And so naturally they would have a BIOS. And the BIOS was turned off. And to get to the BIOS, you need a password. And so they gave, got access to the BIOS and they discovered that the BIOS could allow you to turn on and enable. And you might even need a patch release or a firmware patch. But that does not, that that to me is not, uh, it's barely a smoking gun. So you've proved that there is a capacity for it. I, I would say that's a no-brainer. We always, I think, knew that there was a capacity for it. You got to find proof that whether it was used or not. And that's where the article falls short. So, um, all right. So, you know, with regard to COVID, where we're going with that, um, the vaccine passports, the election rigging, the draconian lockdowns, uh, the control of people um, without any concern of open borders and people traipsing in viruses all throughout our country, you know, uh, that Title 42 that uh, Biden is throwing a blind eye to when he had that exchange with Peter Ducey, Title 42, he's basically saying, well, children are a special special exemption. Well, the children are, be, as a result, being exploited. And then because there's children, there's families. And so that's what Stephen Miller said in the clip that I played earlier this week, is that Biden knows exactly what he's doing. And there's a lot of single men going across the borders too. And by having this influx of people that are going across the southern border so uh, in so such large numbers, like last year's July was like 45,000. This year's was in a month. Um, this one is like, uh, uh, now we're up to like 180,000, 176,000 or something like that. It's like four times the amount, if not more. And, uh, probably more like five times the amount of influx. And so we have to put a stop to it because people are so busy processing people that they can't police the border. They're understaffed and overwhelmed and they can't even ask the questions. They they enforce certain laws, not others. And so then what happens is all these fighting age males or these drug uh, kingpins or these, uh, you know, very capable men are making it through the border um, through a systematic smuggling ring. And, you know, it's not it's not easy to stop when you're understaffed. And especially when you have a rigged system against the American people, which I think also is what, what is happening. But what I want to do is I want to take a listen to um, this woman who's a nurse. She's on the front line. She's in uh, Broward County. Florida, and she sounds the alarm on somehow an upcoming COVID crisis 
This woman sounds totally legitimate to me. She's driving in her car. She's giving this speak to uh, basically be a whistleblower. And I find her to be credible. It just her body language, uh, the way she sounds, her purpose, it just sort of makes sense. She is a uh, a black woman, very attractive, pretty woman. Um, and she is driving in her car and she feels compelled to make this statement. Let's uh, take a listen. I work for a large hospital system in Broward County, Florida, on the anesthesia team. Last night, the house nurse manager came to my department and told us that we must prepare for a COVID crisis that's going to start next week. And they're going, the hospital will be taking part of our recovery unit, anesthesia recovery unit, to house COVID patients. And that we should, that we cannot allow surgical patients' families to come visit them, which we do pre and post-surgery, pre and post-anesthesia. And I looked at her, and I said, how do you know we're going, you're going to need our, our rooms, our bays? And how do you know there's going to be a crisis next week? She tilted down her glasses, she looked at me, and she said, you know what's going on by now. And I said, yeah, I do. And everyone else just went, oh, here we go again, and shrugged their shoulders. Does anyone else find this really strange besides me? It's about time that this whole corrupted, stinking system is brought down. Seriously. Because I'm really hating my job right now. I can't stand this corruption anymore. Please share. I work. Was that great or what? That was unbelievable. Uh, what she had brought to the table there, I uh, I really appreciate her doing that. That takes a lot of courage, folks. A lot of courage. All right, we got something else too. Um, that's of great concern, and then we're going to get to um, the social credit here in just a moment. Uh, this other article I wanted to. Patrick Holly wrote this and. Uh, it was about the UN uh, involving itself in racism and freedom of speech in our country. It says, exposed, Biden's UN racism inspectors plan to restrict and criminalize free speech. So you got this black woman with these big black glasses, total Marxist, with a nose ring in her ear, in her nose, and... Uh, She's going to be the person that decides what we can and cannot say. Joe Biden's Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, who, by the way, Blinken was the one that covered up the Chinese anonymous funds to the Biden Center at the Penn University. Tony Blinken did that. And then, of course, in exchange, the Secretary of State, Tony Blinken, uh, made it, and, and Joe Biden, made it possible for Amy Gutman the president of Penn, to be the ambassador of Germany. How do you like that? Tell me that's not cronyism. 
Joe Biden's Secretary of State Joni Blinken recently announced that he has invited United Nations racism inspectors to the United States to conduct a report on American society. American society is now ceding its power to the United Nations, the most corrupt organization on the planet. Blinken specifically invited Fernand de Buren, the United Nations special reporter, Reporte on minority issues and Tendanyi Ajiomi, the UN special reporte on contemporary forms of racism. Now, these are the same people that turned Africa, South Africa, into critical race theory, and now they're basically beating white people and taking away their land and incarcerating them for political dissent. And now their country is completely broke and, and destroyed. And for what? Because they're woke? I just don't get it, folks. You know, it's like, these are the people. How about the guy, Tedros, whatever his name is, the head of WHO? He was like a warlord in Nambambia or whatever it was. And all of a sudden, he's like cow dowing down to China. And he's getting paid off. You know, Kofi Annan from the United Nations uh, and his son Cujo uh, were in bed, knee deep in bed with the corruption related to the uh, oil for food scandal at the UN. Why are in the world are we going back to the well on this crap? It's just absolutely insane. So Joe Biden's, uh, let's see. So it's it goes here. It says, uh, as the president uh so Tony Blinken said this, as the president has repeatedly made clear, great nations such as ours do not hide from our shortcomings. What shortcomings? We're the best doggone nation in the world when it comes to race. There's no doubt about it. And it was the liberals, the liberals that are running this little uh, circus act are the ones that actually wrote the Jim Crow laws for segregating uh, the South. They're the ones that wanted to actually enhance slavery, not end it and abolish it. And they're the ones that had the, the last Ku Klux Klan member in the, in the Senate was a Democrat. The George Wallace standing in front of the door to segregate kids from schools was a Democrat, George Wallace. I mean, the biggest racist right now that I know living has got to be Joe Biden, actually. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black, is what he said. Absolutely absurd. This guy is absolutely absurd. So as the president has repeatedly made clear, great nations such as ours do not hide from our shortcomings. They acknowledge them openly and strive to improve with transparency. It is in this context that the United States intends to issue a formal standing invitation to all UN experts who report and advise on the thematic human rights issues. He continued, As first step, we have reached out to offer an official visit by the UN uh, on minority issues. So, wow. Let's see. Let's hear hear what uh, this woman sounds like. It's a complicated one, because you're dealing with issues uh, of freedom of expression at the same time as the obligation to prevent incitement to violence. However, I'd like to mention that a number of countries have, are trying different things. 
Germany last year, I think, set up an institute which has the, the mandate, a, a national mandate, to, um, to watch over social media. Now, I don't have all the details, because uh, we'll be looking. To catch that watch over social media. Looking at this later on, but it is a quite intrusive. This is a guy named Ferdinand de Verenis, and then the other woman with the nose ring is, uh, uh, I don't know, the more African name. Here she is. Approach. But maybe this is what, I don't want to express my personal view right now, but I think we have to consider, look at this. Oh, please do express your personal view. There are extremely dangerous conditions that are being created through the use of social media, created to propagate hate and the demonizing of the other of individuals. Um, I don't, I, it's complicated because you need to find the right balance, but the right balance must is what is required also from a human rights point of view, international human rights. Freedom of expression, as you know, in international human rights is not absolute. So therefore, we have an obligation, and I have an obligation in my view, to try to look more, much more closely at where this balance lies, specifically in relation to social media, hate speech, and, and intolerance against minorities. Well, basically, it's going to turn out that hate speech is anything that this man disagrees with. This is a white, privileged male uh, that's actually talking about all this. I don't want to to suggest I'm oriented in one particular direction, but the suggestion, what seemed to be implied, that you cannot restrict social media or uh, non-governmental actors in this field, I would reject Okay, so that is totalitarianism right there. He would reject free speech at all costs. Uh, Non-government people just speaking freely, we cannot have that. I'm not sure if you're familiar, and you probably come across it in the work that you're going to do in the coming year, but it might be helpful to know that Facebook has set up a global council, uh, which convened last week. I was asked to go, but I didn't have time because I was teaching. But basically it's a council who is farming out the obligation to screen social media posts and determine whether or not something should be taken off. So you know they've recently updated their social media rules and yes. policies. Um, yeah, I don't want to comment too much. It's just for your information. Thank you. Um, <laughs> as I said, by the way, a number of governments have, I've had some examples of a number of governments who are extremely concerned by this. And honestly, they don't know, many governments don't really know how to find the right balance. Um, there is a tendency in some countries to assume that freedom of expression has to be absolute. I don't share that view. I don't think it's what is, is required under international human rights standards. When we talk about freedom of expression, there are situations when we can, and in fact where we must restrict uh, forms of speech that propagate hate. Finding the right balance, I'm not sure. We'll be working on it. Other questions, comments? You agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that was it. Um, so that brings me to the next thing: is the social credit security state and the no the coming soon no buy list for conservatives and other hate groups. So uh, Rick Moran came out with this article. Um, these are things we've been talking about on this show for a long time. Suppose you're doing a little shopping online and see a p- nice pair of shoes you want to buy, but when it comes to the payment part, 
of the transaction, you are rejected. Your PayPal account is frozen. Your credit cards may be canceled. And forget to try a crowdfunding site like GoFundMe as an alternative because they'll ban you too. You haven't been hacked. Your personal finances have been deplatformed. You have become a non-person in the international financial community because somewhere someone determined that you've been were spouting hate speech. So this article got a lot of business, right? A lot of traffic. It's something I've been talking about for a long time. I talked about it months ago when Twitch came out with an announcement that they will grade you and evaluate your behavior even when you're off the platform. You're not even on the platform. Twitch, owned by Amazon. Amazon owns Whole Foods. They own the biggest shopping center in the world, right? So you want to go and buy from Amazon, but you've been kicked off of Twitch. Now, Jen Psaki is also saying, if you're kicked off of one platform, you should be kicked off of all the platforms. Now, Jen Psaki said that, right? The, The White House spokesperson. So basically they're saying, if you create a foul, you could be silenced and deplatformed. And the scary thing about Twitch saying something you might say in your own private life will impact our decision to whether to leave you on our platform. And if they can deplatform you, then they're, and they're owned by Amazon, then Amazon can d- take away your Prime account, give you your money back, and say, you're not welcome here anymore. You can't buy on our stores. We won't take your credit cards. And this is real. Now, they just painted another little scenario in writing their article. Um, There's also all kinds of credit card processing systems for merchants and all kinds of things. What if you can't process credit cards? You're out of business. You can't receive payments. There's Square, there's Stripe, there's PayPal. And all of these people are run by uh, woke people. And that's the, that's, the, that's the terrible shame of it. And since we're nearing running out of time, you know, the other aspect of it is the social credit security state. So this was also another article by Josh Hammer over at the American Mind. And it says, Our woke ruling class intends to use both private and public enterprise to police and punish hearts and minds. So President Ronald Reagan famously said, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. But as I've argued, many modern conservatives are now more concerned about Anglo Cotavilla's harrowing description of our new American oligarchy as an amalgam of public and private enterprise. We must conclude that the new most terrifying words are, I'm from the ruling class, and I'm here to subjugate you. That, in a nutshell, is the telos, the, what Backbone might have intuit, intuited as the ratio legis, or reason of the law, of the Biden National Security Council's new pamphlet inaugurating a national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. Domestic terrorism. And remember, one of the things I said to you also in the beginning, what was the biggest attacks on Donald Trump were from the National Security Council. They were the NSC, and that was uh, people like Sean Misco, Eric Ciaramella. They were connected with the CIA. They were embedded in the White House, 
and they were leaking like a sieve. They were working hand in glove with their partners and lawyers in Washington, D.C., whether it's the Atlantic Council, the Brookings Institution, people like Fiona Hill, and then attorneys like Mark Zaid, who basically said a coup is started, series of many steps, uh, ultimately impeachment. And sure enough, he ended up working with Eric Ciaramella as Eric Ciaramella's t- attorney. Eric Ciaramella worked closely with Mike Carpenter. Michael Carpenter was Biden's right-hand man in terms of foreign policy advisor, as was um, uh, 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 Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan was uh, yet another. And all of these people, to me, are the people that are running the show in the White House and in Washington. And they're the ones that basically are putting out the carrots and the sticks. They're either going to pay you off to do what you need, we need you to do, or they're going to ruin your life And in some cases, people are talking about death. How about now we've learned that four Capitol Police are dead now from suicide after one bad day of people singing songs and waving flags? I don't believe that at all. I think some people are actually downright getting murdered. These Capitol Police aren't getting suicided. They're they're, they're not committing suicide. They're getting suicided. You know, Vince Foster got suicided, right? It happens in Washington. You got to wonder after a while, it seems a little odd. Are these whistleblowers that are getting killed? It used to be that a whistleblower was brave because when they would come out, their life was in jeopardy. That didn't happen to Eric C. Armella, did it? He was a whistleblower where you're not even supposed to utter his name. And if you do on Facebook, you're banned for good. And so you're not supposed to mention Eric Ciaramella's name. He's special. How about Stefan Halper? Right? He was a mole in the Reagan White House. He was working with the Bushes. And he was working with Hillary Clinton, uh, going after Carter Page and all those people. Stefan Halper. Another, they call him the walrus. Just yet another situation. Of, of two standards of justice, but it's the NSC and our intelligentsia that's actually the most dangerous uh, piece of the puzzle in Washington, D.C. And with that, you know, it brings us to the end of our um, show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams Show. Uh, be sure to check out buglecall.org, magapack.org. Thank you for your donations. They're coming in, and I appreciate that. We need all your support to do what we're doing. And uh, with that, check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcasts. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. A little deeper, just to bury my kids right up to bed.